This episode of the Check Out This Record podcast is brought to you by GuitarExclusive.com. Visit now for buying guides, reviews, and more. GuitarExclusive.com. Greetings and welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Mark and with me as always is the man, the Martian. The ladies call him the natural. It's Frankie D. Hello, everyone. Or should I say, ba weeb grana, weeb ninny bong. Sure. Welcome to check out this record. We're, uh, we're available, as you may know, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever, you know, uh b-level podcasts can be found that's Heck, right uh we might even be a c-level and we're also on uh the tube of you my friend i'll take c or b to be honest with you and mm-hmm. that's right new episodes drip to the <laughs> drop directly <laughs> to your ears every friday and we're gonna rip and shred and tear up what you call sacred for your listening pleasures yeah, uh, this week we're tearing up one of mine. Uh, so <laughs> for the uninitiated, welcome. Here on Check Out This Record, Frank and I find records for each other to go through track by track and tell you what we really think about them. But that's not all. Oh, nay, nay. We also have a wide <laughs> array of musical discussions, like in our Spotlight series, where we'll dig into a band's catalog, like a couple of grave robbers, and tell you what's worth a damn and what is just, you know, poo-poo. That's right. That's right. Or we're going to take in our verse series. We pit uh-huh. two albums against each other and they go ahead and they get in the fist of cuffs and they duke it out for total stereo domination. That's right. Now, if social media is your Jimmy Jam, be sure to mm. check us out on the Insta Wham and the Fart Book, where we have a group thingamajig so that roasting of musical sacred cows never has to end. Now, go ahead and mark yourself safe from shitty music by giving us a like or a follow or whatever it is you do when you're not learning how to use a salt shaker on TikTok. What are you, idiots? Oh, my God. Is that really what's going on nowadays? Uh, they like even have a commercial for it, dude. It's like you people are dumb as dog shit. Hmm. Yikes. Yikes. So, so listen, guys, don't. Yeah. So push that aside and don't forget to pop on over to the tube of the U and watch us make these exact faces right now in this moment. And as we put the show together, tape to reel, all that good stuff, mm-hmm. fire off a click and the old subscribe button. And we appreciate all the listeners. That's right. Uh, Frank, we're going to, to Mars via Detroit as we oh. dive into question mark and the mysterians 1966 break out album 96 tears mm. uh, initially active between 1962 and 1969 much of the band consists uh of electric organ driven garage rock and an enigmatic Im- image inspired by the 1957 japanese science fiction film the mysterians in addition the band sounds uh was also marked by a raw, resonating lead vocals uh, of Question Mark, the stage name of Rudy Martinez, uh, making Question Mark and the Mysterians one of the earliest groups whose musical style was described as punk rock. Uh, Like many bands from this 
period, uh, there's clearly a lot of influence from the blues, uh, the rock acts of the 50s, the current British invasion that was happening at the time. We're talking our Beatles, our Rolling Stones, Frank. Uh, but one of the big things that sets Question Mark and the Mysterians apart is uh, from being from that Detroit area. A lot of the bands, when we think of this era, are from California. These guys are from the Detroit Rock City, especially in the mid-60s when Motown was peaking. Frank, lead singer Rudy Martinez, a.k.a. Question Mark, uh, stated publicly that his soul had originated from Mars and that he had once walked the Earth with the dinosaurs. Would you like to make any claims any wilder than that? I mean, listen, once I had a recurring dream that I was an extra on the show, Charles in Charge, and mm-hmm. the producers wouldn't tell me which family this was because there was, you know, the def- there was the first family and then there mm-hmm. was the next well, after the show came back from syndication. There's the other family. And therefore, I didn't know how to act. And I'm yeah. wondering if that counts. Sure, sure. It was a messed uh, up. It was a messed up dream, dude. I bet it was. I, I mean, <laughs> living in pure terror. I can't imagine. <laughs> you, you don't know who's coming out of the door. Uh, back to question mark. Uh, so the band members uh, were children of migrant farmers who settled in Michigan. Uh, the original trio consisting of. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to screw up a lot of these names. Larry Borjas uh, on guitar. Robert Martinez on drums. I don't know why that one seems so hard in my head. Uh, Bobby Boldorama. On lead guitar, really cool name there. Uh, The trio recruited Rudy for vocals and keyboard player Frankie Rodriguez. Uh, Larry Bojas and Robert Martinez would receive draft notices uh, and opt into enlisting enlisting, uh, to avoid being sent to Vietnam, Frank. Uh, The remaining members uh, continued with Rodriguez. uh, Rodriguez's improv... Uh, on the organ riffs uh, and question mark uh, introduced a composition he had been developing uh, for a while in his head, uh, really starting to bring the band sound together. Uh, auditioning for a replacement drummer resulted in Eddie Serrano, uh, originally trained for uh, uh, traditional Mexican music, Frank. Uh, and on March 13th, uh, 1966, question mark, and the Mysterions recorded 96 teardrops uh, along with Midnight Hour mm. uh, for the small Pagogo label with Fernando Aguilar, uh, a bassist who would soon replace Lagaro. Um with that taking off, the band was able to record their album, uh, 96 Tears. So, um, Frank, it's quite a quite the backstory, huh? You, you ready to cry? Cry, cry, cry? Yeah, as ready as when my wife watches Terms of Endearment. <laughs> there you have it. Track one. I need somebody. Uh, opening up the record with a nice upbeat pop number looking for love uh and with a dash of uh mary had a little lamb thrown in frank uh, does putting in a riff from a kid song add or detract uh what would otherwise be a pretty straightforward kind of fun pop tune you know i actually think they did a good job of incorporating this uh, in a very seamless manner i think mm-hmm. it's an introductory piece to someone who's never heard them before it gives kind of that comfortable feeling. Uh, so it's a good upfront and short pop tune of the time. Even if you take away the Mary had a little lamb. I agree. Uh, track two, stormy Monday, uh, a little Motown rhythm and blues in the second one, uh, second slot here, Frank, uh, I guess people have always hated the work week. It's not just you and me, <laughs> Frank, we get a, a pretty laid back, 
but clean guitar solo. I think I would have liked for the tempo to have changed at some point uh, when we get to the weekend, maybe, uh, or for the solo. What about you? What would you think? You know, this is like classic 50s rock before rockabilly kind of almost got a hold mm-hmm. of it and amplified it because I do think that rockabilly is like a, a little bit more of an amplified version of the initial incarnation of rock. But to your sure. point, yes, the change would have been nice. Um, but I don't know if that was also happening a lot at this time, too. Fair. Fair. Yeah. All right. Track three. You're telling me lies, Frank. Ooh, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I can't back I that apologize. up. Uh, <laughs> this one's got a bit of an odd tempo to me. Not that they're doing anything strange with it. Um, it's just a bit too mellow for what feels like it should have been an upbeat pop tune. Uh, really kind of throwing me off a bit. Uh, Frank, uh, am I telling lies? <laughs> so I had to listen to this one a few times to see what you were referring to and about the third time in then i caught what you were saying and i think it's the verses and the positioning of that with the tempo um so i because then that's where i heard it as well uh, i think some oomph could have been used uh, with this song because um it just kind of drags on a tad all right track four ten o'clock, 10 o'clock. Uh, you wouldn't think ten o'clock would be too late for a guy uh, this young, but apparently it is. Uh, it would appear at least that question marks lady didn't show up on time, and he's uh, he's erasing her from the book and replacing her. The tempo has picked up a little bit, but not as much as as I would like. Uh, Frank, is it too late? You know, it's classic rock and roll chords here, and it's not uncommon for bands to stick to a formula here, and I and I think that's what's happening. This is sixty six. Um, 65 the beatles would put out rubber soul and that explored a lot of unique territory but you know not all bands are that as well um i think a change would have been welcomed here but i i think we find that there was a lot of bands that were formulaic at this time too Mm. track five set aside heavy on the blues rift here an instrumental number uh frank rodriguez showcasing his keyboard skills it's cool enough but i'm i'm really wanting that garage surf rock and roll feel and short of the i need somebody i'm not feeling that so frank are you still with me or, or have you set me aside i'll, I'll never set you aside my oh, thanks buddy i did a good instrumental uh it seems like a little safe on the lounge music side to me you mentioned garage and surf and rock you know when you see a band name like this i'm thinking a lot of space influences right sci-fi influences mm-hmm. uh that definite surf feel because they're they could all blend together very nicely and didn't really get a lot of that so it, it's interesting yeah track six upside oh uh the intro here feels like uh, a little like everyone needed a few measures to remember uh their parts for the song uh but by the time the drums come in and the tempo is grooving it works out Uh, i finally getting some of that good old rock and roll it's your classic gotta love number uh from the mid 60s but it's working for me in a way that the rest of the album hasn't caught up to yet uh is this the upside so far for you frank I do like the strong the song structure here. Uh, really cool stuff. What what throws me off on these songs is the reliance on the keyboards. I know yep. bands did that a lot back in the day, um, but that's also too why I'm not the biggest Doors fan is because of that heavy reliance on the keyboards. Their guitar work though is really cool on this song. Yeah, uh, track seven eighteen. 
Uh, that's eight in quotations and then the word teen. Uh, we're getting a really nice uh, foot stomping tune here. I was a little worried lyrically. I'd read into this one and there'd be some like really creepy lines about how a, a girl question mark was into was quote unquote 18. Uh, but it's it's just another uh, got lots of love to give tune. Um, so that's that's a small bit of relief. I was I was worried this one would be pretty tr- problematic. Frank, uh, you are over eighteen, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yes, sir, I am. Uh, oh, this one was a was an improvement for me, and the the foot stomping effect definitely would help because prior to that, I wasn't doing a lot of the foot stomping, so that definitely yeah. helped. <laughs> it was nice to feel a good bit of rock and roll here. Yeah. Uh, track eight. Don't tease me. Oh. Uh, Frank Rodriguez's keyboard. Uh, intro uh, leads us into a fun little uh, bopping pop tune. I hate to say this, but uh, the generic love concept of all these tunes is starting to, to shine a little light on why these guys never <laughs> had another real hit. Uh, you, you picking that up, Frank? Yeah, well, I'm glad you said that before I did, brother, because uh, it's your pick. <laughs> but we are getting into the generic territory here for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a sign of the times, right? Especially, yes. well, we'll get into it. Uh, track yeah. nine, uh, Don't Break My Heart. Uh, would oh. you know another song about love? Uh, okay, lyrically, <laughs> everything I said about uh, the last few tracks applies yet again. But at least uh, we have the tempo pumped up and and they're grooving i see where some people uh could cite them as, as proto-punk with uh with a tempo like this and that um frank uh, are you breaking my heart i'm sure i have at one point brother so i do <sighs> apologize i do apologize <laughs> yes if amplified up then you would get proto-punk we're not quite full on proto-punk no. but the foundation i can see some underlining foundation there absolutely uh, track 10, I ask it all the time. Why me? <laughs> uh, back to that Motown uh, here stylistically. That said, this song is annoying as hell to me. Uh, all his crying, why me, why me? And it doesn't really end. It just kind of fades out um, like kind of a half a song. Frank, why me? <laughs> I think it's because we're just a couple of nice guys. Dude. That's it. Yeah, That's it. Nice we're just nice. Last. Yeah, man. People like to take advantage of us. <laughs> um, this song's annoying. And honestly, it feels like a rehash of stuff heard earlier on the record without the yeah. why me uh, repetition. So, yeah, this was this was a toughie. <laughs> Track 11, Midnight Hour. Mm. Uh, this one is a story about a girl who lives uh, on a railroad tracks. And uh, she's his. I think question mark is dating a homeless girl. Good for you, question mark. Good for you. Anyways, they stay up uh, to the midnight hour going round and round, if you know what question mark means. Uh, It's kind of weird, though, because, you know, 10 o'clock was too late. I guess she got there at like 945. I don't know. Um, I don't think this dude can make up his mind. Uh, Can you, Frank? Oh, man. Listen, nothing like a good train and the tracks it rides uh-huh. on, but uh, I'm confused with the intent of this song. There's there's mm-hmm. a weird nature to it, but it doesn't have a clear path and plan for me. So, yeah. Track 12, 96 Tears. Oh, well, it's the title track, the closer and the band's biggest hit. Uh, it's got that upbeat 50s tempo going on. It's one of the uh, 60s tempo going on excuse me it's one of the only songs with an actual change to it 
uh, on the album. And of course, that signature keyboard riff. Uh, it keeps, it kind of feels like it's totally different band here. I, I don't know where this band was on the rest of the record. Right. Structurally and sonically, it's easily the, the best written and played song on the album. And supposedly they wrote and recorded it uh, in the same day. Frank. Wow. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, this song is what I thought the album would be more of, you know, because yeah. I knew this song. It's a really well-written, upbeat tempo song with a with a uh, catchy hook. Uh, it's a really good tune, and I wish there was more of them. Yeah. Well, good buddy. That's uh, Get Out Your Handkerchief. Wipe away those 96 teardrops and give us your final thoughts, because that's the end of the album. All right. So when you unveiled your pick to me last episode, I was ants because I wanted to explore, explore this band more. Yeah. Uh, I was familiar with 96 Tears. And I assured the rest of the album would reflect that. However, that's not what we get at all. Uh, what we got is an album of the times that sounds really kind of dated and straight from that period, which isn't a bad thing if you don't have 80% of an album, though, that sounds the same. Uh, yeah. Most songs just seem like recycled rehashes of the previous ones. Uh, the thing is that this band can totally play, but I think more direction and intent was needed. The safeness of these tunes really adds to the repetition. Um, what they seem to me is like Murph and the Magic Tones, but they really <laughs> needed the Blues Brothers to give them that extra edge and push, as I said earlier. <laughs> um, you know, it's fun background music to listen to at a party or something, but you know, it's not something that you're going to listen to. And if you're expecting them to be amazed by everything, uh, the album's going to fall flat. So I give it a. 3.5 out of 10. Ooh, okay. Hey, you know, that's what I appreciate. Frank didn't pull any punches with me. It's an, an album I picked for him and he gave me a real answer. So uh, <laughs> question mark in the Mysterions certainly left me with more questions uh, than answers on this one, Frank. I have this album and it's, it's one that gets put on in the background uh, music department and, and it works really yeah. well in that aspect when you're not paying attention and there's just kind of a, a vibe going on you don't have to pay too much attention to it don't worry about paying attention uh to it because because 85 percent of this album as frank said it is totally interchangeable totally it's, um that that said I, I i need somebody uh short of the mary had a little lamb riff for me and 96 tears are the only tracks that will likely have most listeners returning for a specific song i think part of the issue here is that while they had uh the benefit of being so close to motown and all that influence i don't think they had access um to a quality producer for this style of music to help shape the sound of the band uh, as they put the album together and they got lucky you know as they say, catching lightning in a bottle with 96 tears. Yeah. Uh, after uh, an ego boost like that, it, it's not surprising that the band wouldn't last uh, in its original form for more than uh, much longer uh, and broke up after just the next album. Yeah. Um, this gets a, a four and a half out of 10 for me because that, that right. hit does carry a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, like I said, I own it. Yeah, because uh, I love uh, sad a sad song like 96 Tears, uh, and I really dig uh, set, uh, set Aside, but that's off a, a blues album that has nothing to do right. with the rest of this record, honestly. Yeah. Um, Frank? Yes, sir? What's on deck for next week? All right, my friend. So we, me and you, uh -huh. are going to take a rocket. You and I? Yes, we're going to take a rocket uh -huh. from the crypt. Rocket from the crypt? 
Yeah, we're going to do some Rocket from the Crypt. And the album cool. I want to focus on is 1995's Scream, Dracula, Scream. Ooh. Perhaps the band's biggest and uh, most successful record. Okay. Um, you know, those who follow us, the two people who follow us, should I say, <laughs> um, <laughs> will know that, you know, the uh, front man of this band derived from Drive Like Jihoo. So uh-huh. we could, you know, we that's right. Those that's pieces right. together. Uh, but mm-hmm. this is a whole different entity. This is not like Drive Like Jihoo at all. This is uh, a different style of band. Um, so I would love your your thoughts on this record. It's one I, I'm listening to more of, too. So it's not one I'm overly familiar with. Okay. Um, the drummer is the current drummer now of against me. So, I mean, there, oh. there's, there's some people in there. There's some people. Cool. There. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Rocket from the Crypt. Scream. Dracula. Scream. Now, that is a record I am looking forward to. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for hanging out. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, review. Be safe out there. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for sticking around and making it to the end of this show. Uh, Be a sport and say it with me, but under your breath, like you're calling your boss a dingleberry. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, hell yes. Oh, bye bye. What'd you say? Uh, Nothing. I uh, really like that. (laughs) Uh, That outfit you got on there today. Is that? uh, uh, I think most today think dingleberries are actual berries as in the fruit. Are dingleberries actual fruit? <laughs> I, don't, I thought that was... Are those the ones that come from your butt? Yeah. <laughs> the, are those the ones under your butt? I don't the, know. The brown colored ones. <laughs> oh...